love and devotion. I have that song in my head. Hey, it's the uh, Monday check-in. I'm Damon. I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church, who's not going to open with a song. Well, because only one person can can technically do the opening, right? Unless we did it together, which Zoom doesn't really do that very well. It's tricky. <laughs> We're limited by our platform. It's tricky to rock a rhyme, to rock a rhyme that's right on time. It's tricky. It's tricky. Uh, this I is the, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first time we've quoted Beastie Boy lyrics on the Monday check-in and probably the last time we will. Is that Beastie Boys? I thought it was Run DMC. Is it? Mm. You'll Google that while I'm explaining what the Monday check-in is. I probably will. Uh, the Monday check-in, for those who don't know, is uh, Greg and I get on here and we have a little chat and we take uh, time and we actually do a little preview of the scriptures that we're going to use for the upcoming Sunday. And we have a little conversation about those. What themes do we see them? How? What questions do we have? How might we see this connecting uh, to the world in which we live or the worlds, I suppose, in which we live? And uh, then we switch gears and talk a little bit about life of the church, what's going on, what folks might want to be aware of. Uh, we just the church got a phone call from somebody uh, just now, uh, but we'll just keep going on our business. So was it Run DMC, Greg? It was Run DMC. You were right. Okay, fair enough. My my apologies to any Run DMC and Beastie Boys fans out there for totally misnaming the uh, artist of that song. Yeah, I'm sure. I would I'd be interesting interested to see the Venn diagram of our 43 YouTube subscribers and Beastie Boy fans and Run DMC fans and to see just how many of them end up in the middle in, of that. In the middle of that Venn diagram? Yeah. Well, do you subscribe to our YouTube channel? No. Then I don't think there's anyone in the middle of that Venn diagram. <laughs> I, hey, however, yeah, I did subscribe to our YouTube channel. This oh, week. did you? That's how oh, we so- bumped from forty-two to forty-three. Oh, okay. Well, I feel like it was a last week you did that. It was last week. Yeah, I just didn't mention it last week. So okay, gotcha. Okay, well, we're inching closer to fifty. If it's important to us, I can actually get more subscribers. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it's important to us or not. Well, there's it's, so it's kind of nice to see the number kind of kind of tick up, but yeah. So at the start of the pandemic, uh, churches that chose to use YouTube as their platform for broadcasting their services discovered that once you get to a hundred YouTube subscribers, you're able to have your own personalized YouTube URL. So youtube.com slash FPC Hastings or whatever. But you've got to have 100 subscribers for them to give you that privilege of having your personalized URL. And so um, there's a couple of networks that I'm a part of where if you send out your YouTube channel to these networks, you'll get a bunch of people to subscribe so you can get to that 100 level to get your own personalized URL. Um, but that that wouldn't be organic, would it? Yeah, that doesn't seem... doesn't. That and seems like kind of kind of playing the system there well a little bit maybe which i guess is what everybody does on the internet well have you heard about people like buying twitter subscribers and stuff like that 
I guess I haven't heard about it, but it doesn't surprise me. It's, it's like a real thing for, so for all the social media platforms, you know, your, your credibility is linked to the number of subscribers you have. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you can buy subscribers in the, in the, in the thousands or tens of thousands if you want to. And there's little, there's subscriber farms that you send them <laughs> your money and they give you subscribers. Anyways, there's a whole scandal about this 10 or 15 years ago, but apparently nobody cares anymore. Nah, nah. <laughs> um, well, should we have a, should we have a prayer to start with? <laughs> We should probably get started and stop talking about social media marketing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is it, am I doing the opening prayer? I think I'm doing it. I think it's your turn. Okay. Loving and gracious God, uh, we thank you for the opportunity to gather and to read your word and consider what it might mean for our lives to begin to search out the words and the messages and the questions that you have for us. Uh, within these within these passages, may our thoughts, may our considerations, uh, may all of our study throughout the week draw us closer to you. In your name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we have uh, this week uh, a little trek through Jeremiah. Um, we. We had some of this scripture last week. Part of this is serving as the basis for the uh, stewardship camp, this year's stewardship campaign. And so uh, so we'll read that. Um, but then, Greg, I think you wanted to do some more exploring uh, within, the, within the book of Jeremiah. And so we're going to do that today. Yeah, yeah. I just... Um... So for three weeks, we're doing a sermon series that ties into the stewardship campaign, but the sermon series and the stewardship campaign are both called A Future with Hope. And so we're looking at different communities uh, in the Bible that perhaps um, wouldn't have a lot of reason to think that their future had hope. And, uh, And then what these texts do is turn that on its head and demonstrate for us why we are people of hope. And why we do have a future of hope, even when it feels like the odds are stacked against us, even it feels like when we're being squeezed, um, that we are people of hope and we have a future of hope. And that is a setup as well for the stewardship campaign, realizing that as the church, despite what's going on with COVID, despite what's going on in our society and our culture and all that stuff, uh, we too maintain that we have a future with hope, uh, full of hope, really. And so that's kind of what we're doing uh, for three weeks. Last week, we looked at the community that the letter of Hebrews was written to, the epistle from the New Testament. This week, we're going to look at the community that the prophet Jeremiah was speaking to. Um, And then I'm not entirely sure where we're landing the plane uh, on October 31st, but uh, it's going to be in another community that has a future with hope, perhaps our own church. And uh, we'll tie that in. Uh, Right now, I've got it tied into... uh, probably uh, some gospel readings, but we'll see how that all shakes out next week. I like that. That should work. Yeah. But that's for two weeks from now. Uh, and so for this week from now, uh, we have this, we have a reading from Jeremiah and we have, a, uh, well, we have two readings from Jeremiah. We have a reading from Jeremiah 29 and then a reading from Jeremiah 31. And Jeremiah 29 is, uh, this is verse one, correct? And then yep. verses four through seven. 
and then verses 11 through 13. So for those playing along at home. Uh, and it reads something like this. Uh, these are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For surely I know the plans I have for you says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. Uh, ends the reading from Jeremiah 29 and now Jeremiah 31 verses 7 through 9. Thus says the Lord, Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise and say, save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth. Among them, uh, um, among them, the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor together, a great company, they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations. I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. There ends that reading as well. Uh, Greg, what do you got? Oh, well, Damon, what have you got? Uh, what do I, I got? Jeremiah 29 is... Uh, is one of your favorite verses, if we, we talk about having a canon within a canon, some of our favorite verses. Mm -hmm. And in the Older Testament, I know this is one of your go-tos. Why is that? Uh, well, I suppose a variety of reasons. I think uh, one this is, um, it contains within it the, uh, oh, I can't do that right now. Sorry, I tried to minimize my screen and I got a message that said I can't. Uh, um, there's this sort of um, critique of kind of a blind nationalism uh, that's going on. Um, there's this assurance that God, so one of the big questions, theological questions of the exile, right, was we, Jerusalem has been destroyed, the temple has been destroyed. Uh, if the temple was where we went to meet with God, then how can we meet with God? How can God meet with us? when there is no temple uh, and when we can't get back to the temple, right? The books have been taken out of Jerusalem, uh, moved to Babylon. How do we maintain our identity as people of faith when we can't get back to the temple? And even if we could, the temple's not there anymore, right? Um, 
And in the midst of that, then the prophet has this assertion that you, you can be the people of God right where you are. Uh, in the midst of exile, in the midst of this desolation, in the midst of all of this destruction, you can be the people of God there. Um, and actually, if you, and verse seven is the verse that I really like, right? Um, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will find your welfare, right? But, which to me is the, thus love your neighbors, right? That um, if you seek to, to care for the people around you, then, then, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> that's how you live out your faith. Um, and, and so by tending to the welfare of those around you, you actually are tending to your own welfare, right? Um, which makes sense to me. Um, and which, I, as a person who lives uh, a long ways away from home, <laughs> uh, maybe you can relate to this as well. This, that connects with me as well. The, where are you are is where you are. Right? Um, what does it grow where you are planted? Is that what it is? Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily perceive that I have been sent here in exile. Well, this no. idea of seeking the welfare of the city where I am and praying to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, I will find my welfare. I, I, I like that. Um, I think that's meaningful. Um, and then I love that too, in verse 11, this is Jeremiah speaking the voice of God, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. But a few verses earlier, there's a reminder that we have agency in that as well, right? That we are part of that future with hope, yeah. that we are called to seek the welfare of the city because in its welfare, we will find our welfare. And so the welfare that God is promising us, this future with hope that God is promising us, we are intricately part of that plan in terms of our own action and activity, um, which I love. And so that's why I love, you know, verse five, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Make the best where you are. And that is part of my plan for you. I will be with you in the midst of that, right? Yeah, it's very it's very action oriented. Yeah, like there's there's a work uh, of hope to be done here, right? The, right. It's not just a kind of vague, nebulous kind of. Well, we hope. Yeah, we have hope things will get better. Like, yeah, we have hope things are going to get better, and here's what we're going to do to move towards that hope. Right? Yeah, we're going to build houses. We're going to plant gardens. Uh, yeah, we're going to seek the welfare of those around us. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So the, the first 20 chapters of Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah is actually in Jerusalem and the people are still there. They have not yet been exiled. And he is railing against them as a prophet. Like, listen, if y'all don't straighten yourselves out, uh, a kingdom from the north is going to come and destroy your temple and take you into exile. And so for 20 chapters, he's just railing against them. And then it happens because they don't listen to him. And so you have this period of deep sadness uh, of these folks who, who didn't listen to the voice of the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah, who were taken into exile. And then, then here you have Jeremiah turning around and saying, I know this is awful. You've lost your city. You've lost your temple. 
but there is still hope. Uh, there is still a future with hope. Uh, you are part of that. You are agents in that future with hope. You are co-workers with God in creating hope in the midst, despite being in exile, despite having challenges, right? So it's, uh, it's a compelling story. It's a very human story uh, as well, which I appreciate. Um, so, and then uh, Jeremiah 31 is uh, this call to embrace joy and gladness and uh, proclaim and give praise in the midst of, again, a challenging situation in the midst of living in exile. Um, and yeah, re recognizing the grief they're feeling with weeping, they shall come. And with consolations, I will lead them back. But I'll let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path that they're not going to stumble. Like, I'm going to take care of them in the midst of this. Um, and so, it, yeah, it's, uh, and that's the, the Jeremiah 29 through 32 is kind of this letter that Jeremiah writes to his people in exile, reminding them of who they are and, and whose they are and, um, and what their call is, even in the midst of, of the challenges they're facing, but ultimately undergirded that there, there is still a future with hope despite their life circumstances. And um, yeah, yeah, they're kind, they're kind of a, a people who are caught in between it in some respects, right? They um, are, they're not in Jerusalem, right? Uh, and there's a good chance that, that generations have passed, um, by the time of this, by the time of this writing into exile. And so they're, they're not there. They haven't been there um, for a couple of generation or two or three, perhaps. Um, and there's still this, this held out hope to be able to return home um, to uh, return to normal. I hear a lot of people saying these days, right? Um, but, the, but they can't, right? <laughs> they can't go there yet. Like they can't be there yet. It, um, they're not, circumstances don't allow for it, right? Uh, and so in the midst of that, there's this assurance of, it's like one day you will be able to return home from exile, right? Uh, and in the meantime, here's the things of hope that you can be doing. Uh, here's, here's the way that my blessing will be with you and remain with you, uh, even if you can't be going about things the way that you would maybe like to be going about things. Yeah, so, well said. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's that maintaining hope in exile. And whether that exile is physical, it's a geographic exile, as uh, this community is experiencing, or it's an exile from as you said, Damon, um, normalcy, an exile from uh, being able to do things the way we want to do, being, being able to return to, to things that we want them to be. But even in the midst of that, there, there is still a future with hope. Uh, and we, we maintain and sustain that hope. Uh, but we do it because um, our hope and our welfare is, is bound up in the hope and welfare of others and so we're called to be people of hope and yeah yeah and you like i mean you're going to connect this to stewardship season and to stewardship campaign and i suspect that um part of that is i mean 
we oftentimes talk about the church and people of faith currently as kind of living in an in-between time, right? We, we're living in the now and not yet, that we um, understand, we see parts of the kingdom of God, but it doesn't seem to be here in full, right? Um, and so, and so we too are called to be, to be about the work of hope, right? Um, and we do that. We support that work financially, you know, by giving to the church, and we support that folks support that work by joining in it, right? By teaching Sunday school classes, by singing in the choir, or playing bells, or um, doing United Harvest, or got over fifty years of going serve trips, um, those sorts of things. Um, and I, I'm guessing this is kind of what you're thinking, um, right? And the and the the connection that you see to the stewardship campaign? Hope so. That's the direction <laughs> I think it's going. So, uh, but maybe it sounds like you've, you've pretty much got this, uh, this down. Uh, you've, you've sort of made the, the, the leap there. So maybe you can run with this one. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying to be a helper. You are a helper. <laughs> most, most days. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to live too fully into any particular identity, right? Uh, you want to have your options open. Indeed, indeed, yeah. <laughs> living, living between the now and the not yet. I, I, that's language that I think both Damon and I learned um, at seminary. My, my, my professor called it a liminal space, um, and I think one of the unique features of of our faith uh, as as Reformed Christians, whether they're congregational or Presbyterian, um, is when we talk about God's kingdom, we're not just talking about a far off heaven that we aspire to after death, but that we have a call to be doing kingdom building work here, knowing that it's never going to achieve the perfection of God's kingdom here and now, but that doesn't take away our call to work on building that kingdom here and now. And I love that that's so present here in this verse in Jeremiah 29 too, right? Seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find yours. Um, and then there is a hope for a future of that kingdom perfected. But in the meantime, uh, we're not given a pass on not doing that kingdom building work here and now. So, Well, uh, do you think it'll preach? I think it might. What do you think? Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I've heard Damon preach on this passage at least two or three times, if I'm not mistaken. I know you've done it once for a baccalaureate service. Uh, and I know you've also picked this passage for one of the summer sermon song series, whether it was, I think it was on the children's books. Um, so yeah, I might have to go back and read the manuscript of what Damon said and borrow yeah, I guess I can dig through and see what I can find. <laughs> see what I got there in my garden. I suppose. Uh, well, so then should we switch gears? Yeah, let's talk about what's going on in the life of the church. Okay, let's do that. What's going on in the life of the church? Well, we had a little uh, little downtime this week. This was our fall break, so we did not have Wednesday Night Live last week, nor did we have Sunday School this Sunday, but uh, we're swinging right back into the thick of it this week. So we'll be back to Wednesday Night Live doing its thing. Uh, as well as uh, all of our other in-person stuff on Wednesday night. 
Uh, looking at the forecast, I think there's a decent chance that we'll be using our, our cooler weather backup plans, moving most stuff indoors, but still taking a few COVID precautions. And then uh, back to Sunday school on Sunday. And what do we have on tap? Of course, we have uh, pre-K through 12th grade Sunday school. What's going on for adults on Sunday? Uh, we have heirs of parent. Uh, there's no forum this week. Uh, I think forum uh, will return on the 31st, I believe. Um, so we're still working out some final, final details for that. Um, a preview for kind of farther down the road once we get closer to Advent, um, which is coming. It's a little over a month away. Um, Lindsay Kluver is going to do a forum series on arts and spirituality. Um, Lindsay Kluver has a, um, a, some sort of a degree, <laughs> uh, Master's of Theology and Arts, I think. Um, so she'll lead a little three or four part series uh, for us on that. And um, folks will get to um, maybe make a little bit of, of some sort of art as well. So uh, folks can put that on their radar and, and look forward to that. So, and we have our Rebookulously Goodreads uh, group still happening. Uh, we've had a, a conversation last week, which I need to get posted to YouTube um, today. And we'll have another conversation that gets posted uh, this coming Thursday. So uh, we're we only have a couple of those sessions sessions left where we're unraveling all the mysteries that can be found in Home by Marilyn Robinson. So the one from last week was the whole group gathered, right? Correct. And the one for this week will just be your literature professors again? Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, get those posted because I have, uh, well, my mom in Colorado is uh, interested in catching up with that. So, okay. Yep. No, that one, for the our conversation from last week, Thursday, I'll get that up today. I just, since we usually have, we record it like Thursday evening and then we have Friday off. And so I <laughs> kind of don't get to it until Mondays, but. Um, so we've, yeah. we've alluded to the, the fact that we're doing our stewardship campaign. This is something we do every fall where we invite people to make a pledge to the church uh, so that we can build our budget faithfully. Um, and so this week, a letter will be going out uh, along with pledge cards and time and talent sheets uh, talking about the stewardship campaign and sort of what we're up to and what we're hoping for. Uh, and then uh, that'll be followed up with an email. So to keep an eye out for that. Um, those pledge cards are important for us here at the church because it allows us to faithfully build our budget uh, based upon what we perceive to be the, the giving patterns for the congregation in the coming year. Um, and so it would be helpful to us, but also uh, ultimately a sign of faith and hope uh, that you are called to support the work of this church uh, into the new year. And uh, so keep an eye out for that. Um, the letter I kept to one page, which is a challenge for someone like me, but there's a lot of text on that page. So I would ask that you read the whole thing if you get it, um, at least try. Uh, <laughs> I got feedback from someone that it was a lot of words uh, and I hear that, but I got a lot of words to say about uh, this church and the work of hope that this church is engaged in. So that's, that's why they're, they're words of hope uh, and so we hope that you will engage with those and, um, yeah. 
Yeah. Any anything else? There's some. Thing. Did we talk about in-person worship? Uh, oh, session is meeting this Thursday. And so keep uh, an ear out for what decisions we make with respect to COVID precautions and worship. Uh, we've been doing a worship service in the park all summer. Uh, and we think it's probably getting too cold for that. Um, and so my guess is that the decision will be made that we will move that worship service, the 830 service uh, indoors starting this week uh, because of the fall weather. Uh, but keep an eye out for that and as well as for any other COVID precautions that session will be addressing at our session meeting on Thursday. Probably we'll send out a message on Friday uh, updating congregation as to what's going on with that. So, yeah, thanks for that reminder. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can I close um, us with a word of prayer? Yes, please. All right, let's, uh, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, as, as we look into your holy word, we read stories about your people throughout time and space. And while the community that the prophet Jeremiah was speaking to existed more than 2000 years ago, and they existed in a place that many of us have never even visited, we recognize that there are universal themes to the messages that, that you are speaking to that community through the words of the prophet Jeremiah. May all of us be touched by those words and the themes that are present in them, particularly the theme of a call to be builders of hope and to be people filled with hope and be people who know that we have a future with hope because ultimately our future lies in you, God, and that is a hope-filled future. So bless our reading of your word this week. Bless our enacting of your word this week. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Well, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.